Well, I, uh, I was about 15, six, no, I must have been about 16, and um, maybe 17, something like that. <laughs> Can't really remember, but I was a teenager later on. And I went to a friend's wedding, and it was in Stoke-on-Trent, and um, it's not the nicest of places in the world, but forgive me if you're from Stoke. Uh, and um, my friend's wedding, uh, he, she was getting married, she's the second daughter of three children, and uh, the, the dad uh, was an ENT surgeon. And we got to the, we, there was a beautiful ceremony, beautiful wedding. And got to the reception place. It's this broom and it's nicely done. And uh, we had our meal. And then in part of the speeches, the, the kind of, I um, can't remember who announced it, but said, um, in light, this is a really special day. It's a free bar. <laughs> and now uh, there's some of you thinking, Oh, gosh. And some of you are thinking, oh, great. And like, we were all, there was a bunch of us that were, used to hang out quite a lot, and we were like, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. Free bar. And it was a really well-equipped bar. And so there was kind of like that hesitation initially of thinking, really? I mean, not just the soft drinks, nor the beer. I mean, literally everything was free. And uh, you can imagine the, the wedding went on quite well after that. <laughs> Some people enjoyed it a lot more than others. It was amazing. And there was that, every time we went to the bar, there was that sort of, they're going to, you know, have kept a tab somewhere, or they're going to kind of say, actually, no, you, you've got to your limit now. Or, you know, there's been enough, kind of, you've had enough, there's, and, you know, you've got to the extent of the kindness, the goodness, the generosity of Tim, the dad. But no, it wasn't. The whole night, right to the small hours, the bar was free. I have no idea how much it cost, Tim. I suspect quite a lot. I've never been to a wedding with a free bar since, I have to say. <laughs> but it was astonishing in the, the freedom, the liberty. Now, now, you're probably thinking, what has this got to do with anything? I want to think a little bit tonight about Pentecost in the giving of the Holy Spirit by God. And you may think it's a slightly weird analogy to use a bar to talk about the Holy Spirit. I mean, there's a little verse in Ephesians that says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. There's the tenuous link. But actually more, I was more reminded of the generosity, the absolute generosity of God the Father in giving his son and his spirit in abundant measure, without any reservation, without any holding back, with freely given to us. And, said, and Jesus says, come and eat, come and drink, come and receive, come and be filled again and again and again. There is no limit. The price has been paid. The tab has been settled. Come and receive. Wow. Wow. And as good Protestant Puritans that I think many of us should be labeled as, uh, you may be slightly upset by that, but we, we do take little sips, don't we? We've got that British context of sipping gently. <laughs> or do we really, really drink? If you've seen the latest Star Wars film, there's a lovely image in the Star Wars film and I've forgotten the name because there's too many of them. But there's, there's the key, chief character. He's been in the desert for ages. And he gets to that village, town, 
do you know the way I'm, no, I'm uh, and he's really thirsty, and he, there's this big creature that's like slobbery and like rhinoceros-like, and it's drinking from this dirty water, and he kind of jumps in, because he's so desperate to receive water, and then he realizes it's got slobber and kind of alien goo in it, but he's like, I, I don't mind, he drinks deeply. I'm speaking to this young side over here, clearly, <laughs> they understand Star Wars, Karis doesn't, no, um, Roger does. Pentecost. It was a festival that the Jewish people uh, had become part of, that it was instituted, and it was a bit like our harvest festival. And it was where the people of God would come, the Jewish people, the, the people um, of the old, you know, well, you know what I'm saying, they would come to Jerusalem and they would celebrate for a day this feast, this festival. And what was particularly special about this was that it was a festival that was open to anybody to come because it was in recognition of God's provision, God's generosity, God's providing to the whole world in the sense of of that basic stuff of life, food, provision. And they would come to Jerusalem and in the Pentecost story, which we we read this morning, uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the morning, and Peter was, and, the, and the others were accused of having too much to drink at nine in the morning. There's another reference to my opening gambit. And uh, they heard the, the, the people of God, they heard the apostles, they heard the disciples praising God in a multiplicity of languages, many languages. And there were people from all over the known world. That in that time that People who recognize God a little bit, that God, there was something important about honoring God, gathered in Jerusalem to celebrate that festival. And the Holy Spirit is poured out in abundant generosity on God's people for the point of connecting with the lost world. See, what I want to think a little bit about this evening are two words that we often talk about in, in, in our church at least. And that is renewal and revival. Do you know, have you heard those words? You've probably heard them in, as words anyway. But renewal tends to mean in, in Christianity, in charismatic Christianity, that we are renewed in ourselves. That we, and it's to do with rebirth, that the spirit regenerates us, that we are renewed. Churches are renewed and they become charismatic, spirit-filled, alive, happy, clappy, whatever word you want to speak of. And it's often to do with the pouring out of the Spirit, the seeking of the Holy Spirit. And not just the seeking, but in the the lived out experience of saying, we can drink without measure and be filled and be filled and be filled and be renewed. And it isn't just dry and dusty. It's like life has come again. It's not just hard graft. it's, It's joyful life, renewed life. And that's brilliant, renewal in the Holy Spirit. But where renewal has has been wonderful in in revitalizing the church that began, at least in this current kind of expression of that in the 1970s, that that we've recognized that there has to be more than renewal. Why? Because revival, meaning God reaching out to the lost, 
is part and parcel of what Pentecost is about. That the people of God were filled with the Spirit and they were praising God and they experienced ecstatic things, the spiritual gifts and the boldness and courage and the church flourished and they, the people were kind of coming alive. They were renewed, living as we were created to be. But also closely linked, inseparable in fact, that the Holy Spirit brought about revival. On the day of Pentecost, at least 3,000 were added to the number that day. Implicit, as we recognize what this day is in Pentecost, it's about renewal and revival. It's about the Holy Spirit filling us up and the Holy Spirit engaging us in the task that he has come for, one of the tasks, one of the main tasks in reaching the lost. On Pentecost, as all the people gathered in that place from all sorts of places, Medes and Persians and, and, and uh, from Pontius and, and all those kind of curious places that we don't really know where they are. They'd all gathered and they all heard them praising God in their own language. The significance of which is partly that God wanted to connect with them. So many of the world religions today would say you have to read or learn about their God in one particular language. You either have to learn Sanskrit or you have to look at the Book of Mormon or you have to, um, uh, you have to learn Arabic to read the Quran. Whereas God circumvents that and says, this gospel is for all people. In whatever language you happen to be in your native tongue, implicitly saying, wherever you are in the world, the risen Jesus is the Savior. So let's, uh, let's read a bit of the Bible, which is good. So it, um, Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. And I want you to think of of those two words, renewal and revival, as as we read it. I'm going to ask for your participation in this reading as well. hope you don't mind. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. They made a song about this. Them bones, them bones, them dry bones. We're not going to sing it together. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. I mean, there's a lot of bones. It's a valley of bones, and he goes backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and he sees that there are lots of bones, and there were bones all across the valley. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them. And this is where we're going to read that little phrase. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So all together. Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh um, tendons to come on you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them, 
Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, and here we go again. This is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. And they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Wow. I mean, that's astonishing. It really is astonishing. Ezekiel is, is in a God-forsaken place. It seems even more God-forsaken because not only is he in Babylon, but all the things that he knew of God have been removed. He was, knew there was a forsakenness, and yet on the day of this vision, he, he still retained faith. The Spirit, the hand of the Lord... And he was, was on him, and, and he was brought out by the Spirit to this valley, the middle of a valley. Uh, and we read the story, and he sees all around him kind of barrenness, forsakenness, death. The full outworking of death. Dry bones. And he's posed with that question, can these bones live? And we, we heard the story and we know what God says. There's something about what Ezekiel is, is challenged about. He said, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy. There's something about the spoken word of God. There's something about the power of God that is at work, that is always revelatory, that is always communicating, that is always going to bring life. And there's a whole theme in there about the importance of Scripture and what the word of God brings. Ultimately, the word of God is Jesus. Ultimately, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Ultimately, as Peter was preaching at Pentecost, he declared Jesus, said to the people, if you want to live, call on the name of the Lord. If you want to live, you want new life, if you want to move from death to life, it is all about Jesus and he is the saviour. In this passage, there's a sense of, of renewal. There's a renewal in Ezekiel, in seeing the lostness and the brokenness and the death that is before him, a catalogue of skeletons, numerous, vast, unnumbered, then bones, then bones, and dry bones. And he is renewed in his encounter with what the Lord says to him. 
But also, the bones are renewed. And there's a step along the way where, where the, the bones are kind of brought together and we're told that flesh and tendons and skin forms upon them and they're a bit like a zombie army. <laughs> Not that we believe in zombies, but there's no life in them. Unless the breath of God comes into them and they will not be renewed into life. It's really important as we see in this passage, in this mindset of Pentecost, of renewal and revival, that renewal and revival are implicitly entwined. For us, if we don't know Christ, we are as good as dead. If we, don't, if we haven't accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, we are not renewed. We're not born again. We haven't experienced the, the, the resurrection power to, rate, to transfer us from the kingdom of darkness and death into the kingdom of light. We haven't been regenerated. We need to take that step. And, and maybe the Lord is asking you today, trust in Jesus and live. But there's also this sense in Pentecost that, that as we ask for being filled with the Spirit, we're being renewed for a purpose. That the bones are reassembled and flesh comes on them as Ezekiel prophesies. But for us as a church on this day in 2016, we kind of need to recognize, and we're praying about this with our, with our nation this week and culminating tomorrow night, recovering this sense of lostness. It doesn't capture for us in the scriptures what Ezekiel's emotion was as he walked backwards and forwards in the valley of death. I don't think he was skipping around with joy, kicking bones and seeing how high he could flick a femur. I think actually there was a great sense of this is a horrific place. There is death all around. And I think he was probably really moved because he was among the sight of what death looks like. I pray that on this Pentecost and for us as a church, as we move forward in our mission and ministry, we recover that sense of loss, about a sense of lostness about the people, that we really are without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus, dead. And that's the world in which we live. That's the world in which God has called us to be. That's the world that the disciples and the apostles on that day of Pentecost were existing in as they burst forth onto the street and began a revolution and change of renewal and revival that we are still living in. Let me just illustrate that. In, the, in, the, in less than 100 years from this day of Pentecost in in Jerusalem, less than 100 years, the fire of the gospel of Jesus Christ had carried as far as Spain to the west and India to the east and Ethiopia to the south. It subsequently took 700, several hundred years for the gospel to arrive into the northern reaches of Europe, but it did. Down through the centuries, the flames of the fire burned brightly. The Christian faith gained and its ranks grew because people were attracted to Christ had their lives changed. 
When people were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, they came to know that peace that passes all understanding. The followers of Christ were known to demonstrate enormous courage under duress. Roman authorities tried to stamp out the church by persecuting those who claimed Christ as Savior, and that plan backfired. Those who were torn apart by wild animals in Roman arenas for the entertainment of the emperor and his entourage faced their death so courageously that others were attracted to the faith rather than repulsed by it. Wow. Ezekiel gains a new confidence in what God can do. when, When God asks him, can these bones live? Can these bones live? Ezekiel wisely says, Sovereign Lord, you know. That's a good place to be. As we are in 2016 and we've begun Alpha and we've got Dover's Games and we've got uh, the women's events coming up and the men's breakfast and as we, as we seek to, to reach people for the Lord, it can seem really tough. But we need to ask again that question. Mindful. Can this world be changed? Can this nation be changed? Can this area be changed? And the answer is, yeah. How? By the good news, the gospel, the good message that is transforming. I loved it on Easter Sunday as we heard five testimonies of people's lives who were changed. And it's the story of every baptism. That's the gospel at work. And that's God at work in lives today. A new confidence in the gospel. And in this renewal and this revival that we're seeking, we're saying, Lord, let your breath fill me. Jesus uh, talked about in one of the gospels, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That as, as, um, at Pentecost, when they were in the upper room, there was a, a violent rushing wind. Tongues of fire appeared on them and they were filled. A new, con- a new confidence in the gospel based on the truth of Scripture. I love at the end of this passage that we've read, verse 12 and following, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people... I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up. I love this verse 14. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. That in Pentecost, there was this recognition, and in this passage in Ezekiel 37, that as God filled his people, there was a radical community of faith, a radical church that moved into the radically fallen world. Renewal and revival. That it is, his, it is God's intention and it is his generosity to fill us with his spirit. The open bar. Come and drink. Come and receive. Come and be filled. Again and again 
Taste and see that the Lord is good. We need renewing. But it's not enough to just have that kind of that inward experience, that holy huddle, that wonderful encounter in a church service, and maybe that's not your experience tonight, I'm sorry. But we are seeking after the Lord and saying, fill us. Let us be renewed. Because on our own, we can't do it. And we need to be renewed in the confidence of the gospel. We need to be renewed in the things of the Spirit, the the ministries of Jesus. That's what the things of the Spirit are, the ministries of Jesus. We need to be renewed in that in order for the task and the mission of reaching the lost. Because they're all around us and dead without Jesus. We live in an age, this wonderful age, where the Spirit is poured out. And He fills us. And He enables us to serve Him. I'd like us just to share a few stories about that. Just a few stories. I went to a, an event a few weeks ago, and um, it was by someone who talks on these things of stepping out in the Spirit. And, and I was really blessed by the Lord, filled up with His Spirit. And in kind of a, a bit of a weird way, I was doing a lot of shaking, all that. My friend laughed when I told, I told him. <laughs> he said, what were you doing? I said, I don't know. And I was, I was meeting with the Lord. I th- I'm sure I was meeting with the Lord. Uh, I kind of was reflecting on that afterwards and thinking, was that just a weird, weird thing? Because um, I knew that if that was the Lord encountering me, I would come out of it different. I'd be renewed in some way. And one of the ways is, is a renewed love for the Scriptures, of just reading them and of engaging with them, listening to them. Another way is a renewed kind of conviction to pray. I think that's God. <laughs> Someone described it to me. Uh, it, you know, it's not yourself. That's not the inclination of the flesh. And it's certainly not the inclination of the devil, is it? You know, to want us to read the word and pray more. <laughs> You're only left with the Lord. I was like, yeah. But one of the other things that I, I really kind of was impacted by was that sense of, I want to step out in the things of the spirit of Jesus the ministries of Jesus. And so I've been particularly trying to, do, to listen to God and, and, uh, and particularly in areas like words of knowledge and to, just to pray for people. So a couple of weeks ago, we, we did that in the service. Susie was here and a bunch of us were and uh, shared some things that I thought the Lord might be saying. And, and it was great that I think there were four things that I shared and, and I'm, I think at least three of them, the Lord, it was, seemed to be accurate. But none of them are here tonight apart from Susie. Um, one of the things was a left knee. Uh, I said, I felt that there's someone with a left knee and um, Kath Hutchins was here and she at the end said, I never get these things. I'm never called out by God. And she said, and she was really excited and we prayed for her and she, she, her knee felt really, really a lot better, which is great. And then I said, would you let me know how it is? And all through the week, it was a lot better. And she said, but I've still got to go on a long walk. Uh, to see if it really is better. And uh, I said, it'd be great to share the, that story. And then she went and did a whole day of shopping in Stratford, and it got really sore. And she was saying, but it's better than it was. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say there was a full healing, but there was a partial healing. And then Paul, Abby's dad, 
saw me at the door afterwards. He said, I'm really cross. I'm like, oh dear, what have we done this time? He said, well, it's my right knee, not my left knee. I'm really cross. I said, oh, I'm really sorry. I pray for it now. Didn't he say this? Yeah, his knee began to get better in the worship time. Isn't that great? I love that. He said it's, he's got this clicking thing going on, but he twisted it and done something to his tendon, so he couldn't kneel down. It was really sore. And he suddenly found himself that, that God had healed his right knee. And he was delighted, but the clicking was still there. So he said, I don't, it's not like my whole knee's been healed, but the pain that was there has gone. I was like, that's really encouraging. Frustrating that it's not the whole thing, but such are the mysteries of God. And then this morning we were just kind of, um, again, asking the Lord to fill people up and do what he does. And um, uh, I was just trying to listen to the Lord. And Hermie was doing it. Hermie, would you like to share just a bit about? Yes, you must. You don't have to give all the detail, but just share. Just come and stand up for it, because people can hear. I know, I'm awful. Yeah, growing confidence in the gospel. Here we are. <laughs> no, I just felt that. Um... Let me put, so we were having a time with people coming forward, and you went to pray with someone, and you were just praying with someone. And tell us just what, what you ha- happened. And, and... Well, there was a specific word, and uh, then I think you interrupted and talked about some words that you had. So you listened to that and waited, and then went back, and she said there was a particular appointment this week where she would need... Um, uh, wisdom for this particular meeting. So, so we started chatting. And, um, so what, what happened? You were praying for you, and a word came. Yes, a particular specific gift I felt she needed. Um, yeah. And then, and then after you talked about the word that you had, we went back to praying, and she said there was a meeting on Thursday that she, I think she was particularly not nervous about, but needing God's help in certain Great. Situations. So thank you. Thank you. So God gave a particular phrase that prayed into that situation for that particular person, and it was right. It was not knowledge you would have known, but the Lord gave it at that moment, and it was really timely. One of the words I shared this morning was about, you know what's coming, don't you, Alan? It was about a uh, um, left hip uh, and it being frozen or in pain. What happened, Alan? Let me just put in the context. I, I, in the service, I just I get told off if I use my phone in um, services by some people. But if I forget what the Lord's saying, so I was writing these things down as just that you know it's not very spiritual. It's just like a hunch, spiritual hunch. And I had these four things, and I was like, oh, they're a bit weird. And what happens if nothing happens? Anyway, that goes on every time. And so I shared them. And uh, tell us what happened. It was. Um it said right hip, actually, so just... To, to Did I say... It was right hip. It was right it hip, It was yeah. right hip. Yeah. And for the last few weeks, I've had a really sore hip, in, and it's probably because I've been doing too much. And, you know, you stand there and you think, oh, my right hip doesn't really hurt. He's, he must have got it wrong. He doesn't really sort of mean a right hip. And because I was at the back on the sound desk, as, as Edward was going out to the door, I sort of grabbed him and said, would you pray for my right hip? Which you did. And he prayed for it, and he prayed for it, and he said, is it any better? And I said, no, not really. <laughs> All right, again. So we prayed a bit more, and actually, it isn't better, but it, this afternoon, it has certainly been a lot easier. It's still sore, but it's a lot easier. And, um, so you said it wasn't 100%? How? It wasn't 100%. It's, it definitely isn't 100%, but it's, but it's, a lot, it's probably at least 50%. It's 56% better than it was, because this Great. afternoon I was doing something, and, 
Uh, I was doing the same thing the other day, and it was really painful in this afternoon, and I didn't feel anything. So I'm, I'm confident that that actually has, has begun the healing process. But also it's that sort of... We probably all sit there and say... <laughs> Look at all my wife. Um, we sit there and say, oh, we don't really need prayer, or, or it's only a little thing, or it's, it's, you know, it's not that important in the scale of things. It's only, but actually God wants us to be prayed for. God wants to bless us with his spirit. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Keep praying. Jesus. Keep praying. Yeah. So I want to just give glory to Jesus in that because I've never, never in its sure at all. I mean, there was, there was one this morning, this itchy scalp, and I was like, and someone came up to the end and said, that was, that was for them. And um, we prayed that what the condition was would go. I'm yet to hear how that works out. All I'm just trying to say to you is the Spirit is at work and he gifts us, you know, the, like this, the spiritual bar is open. I'm not making the Holy Spirit a commodity, please don't hear that. He's the third person of Almighty God and we honor him and he's amazing and he's God and awesome. But he, he, is, he is the one who comes alongside and he is the one as we've sung, as we say, ready to do your will, that Jesus said, will you step out in faith and do what I've asked? And he's the one that enables that. He's the one that renews us. He's the one that brings that passion for Jesus, not just going through the motions and the, and the stages and doing the things we're meant to do. He's the one who brings the life of God into our being, such that we start to engage the world. Now, I know what the Lord has been doing across Britain and many places is saying these things aren't just for the church. But at the moment, I'm kind of just encouraged by doing this in the church because I'm learning in this and just learning to step out in faith and say, Jesus, I'm trusting you on this. But I know that Pentecost is about the lost. And so one of the things that I'm hoping to begin with whoever's up for it in the willing committed willing is in in the coming kind of months to proactively start to take this out i mean not that we do that not doing that already individually but as a as a family of god people of god to start to connect creatively with this specific intention of of showing kindness and stepping out in the things of the spirit to see what god does out and about because this is what pentecost is about being renewed, being drawn deeper and deeper into the love of Jesus and to be equipped to reach the lost, to see the dead bones live, to see the fullness of God's kingdom come. And that's what I think we're about as a church and that's what we're about as a people. Some gentle nodding. I take that as strong affirmation in our Western culture. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Alan and the band, let's, let's, uh, let's worship together. We're just listening to God as we worship. And um, you may want to say something tonight, who knows. Uh, he may have said something to you, because it's not just about me and the one. It's about the body of Christ being the body of Christ. We, this morning we prayed, didn't we, Phil, for um, people to be filled with the Spirit.
we'd love to do that again. If you're filled this morning, come again. But if you felt it, just come and share what you felt. He said, if someone hasn't been prayed for, I'm making this interactive, aren't I? Particularly if you've never been prayed with is one of the things that we shared this morning. Yeah, I, I mean, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We, that's what we believe. And the wonderful thing is that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But there are still people who come every week to church uh, who have never actually been prayed for by someone with the laying of hands to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you have the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit. This is, you know, you can't be a follower of Jesus without having the Holy Spirit because it was the Holy Spirit who revealed who Jesus was to you. But we can be filled again with the Holy Spirit again and again and again. And I think it's sometimes sad that uh, there are those, even within our churches, that we would call ourselves renewed who've, who've never actually had the privilege of someone praying with them to be filled with the Holy Spirit because there is something wonderful about that. And we wanted to make that available. And there are people who stepped out this morning who've never, ever been prayed for in that way, which in one way is very sad. In another way, it's really wonderful. And it's in, sometimes it's in that, that praying for people that, uh, that God shares something personal that we wouldn't share openly with a congregation. But, you know, this morning there were just people who came out and just God just affirming things. Or, or actually, there were some things that he needed to say, that is not the truth about who you are. Because, you know, and that's when tears and things may come. So we, we're just trying to make space regularly, aren't we? And, um, you know, in our British culture, we're really reserved. So, you know, uh, the key needs will go forward for prayer. And the rest of it will stay in. Now, if God wants to bless me, he can bless me where I am. And that's true. He can bless you where you are. But sometimes you might, it might be an encouragement for you to move and ask someone to pray for you. So we'd make that available. Is that all right? Absolutely. The other thing I, I felt nudged to say this morning was um, what we do gathered like this is sometimes a really good chance just to learn and begin and try um, because we're amongst family and we've got visitors and you're really welcome your family too um, as well and so if you've never prayed for someone or you would like to know how to do it a bit more I said you know just come out and, and pray so uh, Josh is here Josh is going to come out and join me Josh come on because I was talking to Josh a while back and he said he really wants to kind of grow in his faith and step out in these things didn't you yeah. so I said whenever Josh is around he's going to come and help me pray so if we just stand here like Muppets at the front, Josh won't have had a chance to step out and exercise his faith, will you? <laughs> Apart from coming out and being embarrassed. But anyone else who'd love to, to, to come and pray, just, just come out. Uh, if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, I said this morning, just, just put your hands out because that sh gives us a recognition that this is, you'd like to receive prayer and we'll come and join you to pray. How's that? If you're blessed this morning, you just feel kind of sorry for Josh. Come out and he'll pray for you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll come over here. Thanks, Helen.